This podcast of the Model Health Show is presented to you by Sean Stevenson with Rare Gym Productions. For more information, visit the SeanStevensonModel.com. Welcome to the Model Health Show. This is fitness and nutrition expert Sean Stevenson here with my beautiful co-host and producer Jade Harrell. What's up, Jade? What's up, Sean? How are you doing today? I am tranquil dipitous, Sean. Tranquil dipitous. Yes. Yes, yes. What is that? I am serendipitously tranquil. Wow. Yeah, it just happened by accident. W-O-W. I'm saying I feel so tranquil. I love it. I wasn't it. even expecting it. <laughs> <laughs> I just had me a cool pop. There you go. I'm cool, baby. All right. We've got an amazing show for everybody today. Mm-hmm. And we're going to be talking about a subject that does not get enough attention in our society. And as a matter of fact, this is something that really has been suppressed and it's behind closed doors. And, mm. and we're going to really open this up and provide a lot of different solutions for people. So today we're going to be talking about depression. Wow. And the reason that this is such an important topic is the fact that depression is now the most common type of mental illness affecting more than 26% of the adult population in the United States. One in four. Yes, exactly. A little more than one one in four. And it affects about 121 million people worldwide. My goodness. Okay. Now the WHO, the World Health Organization, has estimated that by the year 2020, Depression will be the second leading cause of disability and premature death throughout the world, trailing only heart disease. Oh, my goodness. Okay. And here's the issue is that when you hear statistics like that, it's like, why is this growing so rapidly? And obviously, our current treatments for depression are not yielding great results. And that's why we're going to dive into this topic today. And today, we're going to actually talk about how depression is linked to early death, Mm -hmm. why rates of depression have skyrocketed, what some of the major underlying causes of depression are and clinically proven safe, natural treatments for depression, plus a whole lot more. Great. But first, let's go ahead and give a huge shout out to our Mm. show sponsor, Onnit.com. I want to shout out and hug them. (laughs) That's O-N-N-I-T.com forward slash model. That's Mm. forward slash M-O-D-E-L for 10% off all of your health and human performance supplements. All right. You know we're loving the hemp force. Oh, yes. It is a must. And of course, with the show topic today, talking Mm -hmm. about how does protein impact our brain function how does protein impact our endocrine system our nervous system mm. and if you don't know now you know it's one of the most critical things to you being a healthy human unit you actually need the right kind of amino acids and these things help your body to kind of transition these building blocks over into the important hormones and neurotransmitters that we need right. like tyrosine getting converted and eventually uh, things like serotonin dopamine showing up we need to get the right kind of amino acids in our body. And hemp force, by far, hemp protein is the most bioavailable protein source for the human body. And a lot of people still don't know that. This is why it's so important to look into these healthy, organic mm-hmm. plant proteins so you're not dealing with all the nefarious, weird, what did the cow eat today right. kind of thing when you're, right. when you're dealing with whey. You know, it's just a much more sketchy market instead of getting yourself an organic, high-quality hemp protein. And that's what you're finding here with hemp force. And it tastes good. It does taste really good. Deliciousness. Kicks it up a notch. Smoothies are super smooth. Absolutely. So head over there and check them out. Grab yourself some Hemp Force. Give it a shot. I guarantee you Mm -hmm. that you're going to love it. Yeah. So also we're loving the Shroom Tech. That is my stuff. As Jade says it, it's for pre-life. Yes. I use it for pre-workout. She uses Mm -hmm. it for pre-life. Pre-life dealings. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Because you know we've got a lot going on in our world today. And this helps to give us... That extra edge, you know, the the nutrition, your exercise, your stress management are the real foundational building blocks and getting that high quality sleep. But these are those small pieces Mm -hmm. that can give you a really big edge. And it's based on cordyceps mushroom, which has thousands of years of documented history and use in the the Chinese medicinal system. And today, our modern day science is proving that it does, in fact, increase the oxygenation of your blood, boost your stamina and also improves your insulin sensitivity. Sure. So these are all things that correlate to you being a happier, healthier human being, having a fitter body and feeling good. Well, it makes the sun shine brighter every morning. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what it is, but I really do wake up super refreshed. Now, that's not the scientific version (laughs) of that statement, but that's what can show up for you. So I'm just saying. Definitely head over there and check out onit.com forward slash model for 10% off all of your health and human performance supplements. Now let's get into the iTunes review of the week. 
This is a good one, Sean. Exclamation points on this word for the title, empowering, and five stars from Arctic Reading. I came across Sean whilst trying out Abel James's podcast a few weeks ago. I have now downloaded all previous episodes, and this is all I listen to in the car. I have been offered various pieces of advice in my life. However, unless someone can tell me why, then it's not going to resonate with me. That's where Sean and Jade come in. They give you scientific facts and experiences to back it up. I started off trying to lose weight, build muscle, and look good. After making this podcast a part of my life, my aim is to be the best version of me. My mission is to spread the word to other people now, and I look forward to giving my son a healthy and nutritious life. Thank you, The Model Health Show. Incredible. Yeah. That's incredible. And that is coming from the UK. You know, all this time, you know, we had recently on the show mm-hmm. uh, the amazing Pat Flynn from Smart Passive Income. Mm-hmm. And I just, joined, <laughs> I just joined the Integrity Network on iTunes, and I was taking a listen to some of the new shows. And he's also got a show called Ask Pat. So I downloaded an episode and it was to do with reviews on iTunes and come to find out I've only been looking at reviews from the United States, (laughs) you know, so the hundred whatever Mm -hmm. reviews that are there, 200 reviews, those are all just from the U.S. Oh my. All the other countries, like I had to scroll down, click a little flag thing and then boom, now I see the reviews from the U.K., from Canada, all over the place. And it's just like, oh my goodness, I I couldn't believe that I couldn't get to see these at first. So that's coming from some of these. Yeah, so that's coming from one of our friends in the UK. And just a huge shout out. And thank you, everybody, tuning in from around the world listening to the show. So now let's go ahead and dive into the topic of the day. Today, we're going to be talking about natural treatments for depression. And just to reiterate, this is a far bigger issue than a lot of people realize. And it's having a huge economic impact. It's having a huge global impact on our communities. And and the individuals within those communities are often, you know, right now we're at a place where it's one in four people. Yeah. And are often dealing with this very quiet, very hidden issue of depression. So today we're really going to open this up and provide a lot of incredible solutions for this condition. So what I mentioned earlier was the fact that right now, as as things are rolling along by 2020, it's going to be depression as the number two leading cause of disability and premature death. Hmm. Here in the United States, Major depressive disorder is actually the leading cause. It's already the leading cause of disability for people between the ages of 15 and 44. 15. Okay. And if it's not in that age group, it's, it'll be number two sure, on the list of things for others, disability. But that's a young generation. Yeah. So, and again, a lot of people have no idea about this, but again, we're going to open this up today. And I want to start with talking about something that is the antithesis. I, w- I want to give a definition of what mental health actually is. Mm-hmm. So mental health is a state of well-being in which the individual realizes his or her own abilities. They can cope with normal stresses of life, can work productively and fruitfully, and are able to make a contribution to his or her community. Great. Right? That's the definition of mental health. Now, on the other end, what is depression? Now, this is according to the Mayo Clinic. They state that depression is a mood disorder that causes a persistent feeling of sadness and loss of interest. Also called major depression, major depressive disorder, or clinical depression. Mm-hmm. It affects how you feel, think, and behave, and can lead to a variety of emotional and physical problems. Sure. So let's start there. Let's talk about how is this correlated with premature death. Let's right. talk about these physical problems. So statistically, if you look at the research, depression increases mortality rates from cancer, oh. Parkinson's, diabetes, heart disease, and so many other things. So take, for example, heart disease. Mm-hmm. People with depression are four times as likely to develop a heart attack than those without a history of this illness. And after a heart attack, they're at a significant increased risk of death or a second heart attack. Now, this was according to the National Institute of Mental Health, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And the data just keeps rolling in. This was from 20 years ago. It accelerates these already terrible, terrible conditions. And what it really does... The major impact of depression, it's a hormone-related illness, mm-hmm. and it weakens the immune system. Oh, there you go. Okay. Mm-hmm. And this Believe is what we're going to be enough. looking at. And then we've got the more obvious thing that's connected with it, which is depression is associated with high suicide rates. About 50% of individuals who have committed suicide carry a primary diagnosis of depression. So that's kind of the, the captain obvious of the situation mm-hmm. that that would be correlated with, you know, that deep feeling of sadness, the pain that can be associated with being in a depressed state. Right. 
So what we do in our society today is we turn to drugs. Yeah. So why drugs? Mm -hmm. Why would we use drugs when they're not used to treat the underlying cause of the depression? So that we feel better. Right. They're only there to treat symptoms. They're a pacifier, not a cure. They're not actually addressing what's causing the depression. Mm -hmm. If we were able to address that, we wouldn't have the symptoms then to treat. Precisely. And ends it, puts it to an end. Yeah. This is why it's so important to be gentle with yourself in the beginning. Whenever you have this this state or you're diagnosed, to be gentle with yourself and not jump into synthetic chemicals if at all possible. Okay. Now, there is a place for that. Absolutely. Right. But we want to look at being more empowered and doing things as natural as possible to allow your body to come out of that state in and of itself. Mm-hmm. Because synthetic drugs, this is why synthetic drugs will displace or mimic your body's own natural production of neurotransmitters and hormones. This is very important. This can lead to short-term relief, but long-term problems. And these drugs are actually, bottom line, they're foreign to the human body. It is what it is. Also shown, statistically, liver damage, which we did an awesome show, Love Your Liver. And I do love my liver more. The liver is responsible for something called drug metabolism. It's Mm -hmm. dealing with all of these synthetic chemicals coming into your body. Trying to. Also, you're going to experience a downregulation of your endogenous hormone production. This means your body's own ability to produce hormones is going to be downregulated because Mm -hmm. you're bringing a hormone disruptor into your system. Also, the downregulation of receptor sites that even pay attention to the hormones can happen. So even you get into a place where you're producing a serotonin or dopamine, but your receptor sites are not picking it up which can be a so really, just, really bad yeah, situation. That's, uh, that's such a waste. And then all the while, the, the problem is, is increasing, continues yes. to grow. And then we've got the hormone-related side effects, such as weight gain or unhealthy weight loss, anxiety, suicide, and many others. Mm, my goodness. Now, I want to share a little bit of data. Now, of course, before we get into the more joyous information, the strategies, I want people to really understand why we're taking this approach. So patients who take selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors, which are SSRIs, this is the typical thing distributed, such as Prozac, Paxil, Zoloft, may experience side effects such as violent behavior, mania, or aggression, and can also lead to suicide. And this is very, very well documented. In tests of Prozac, Zoloft, Paxil, Celexia, and Lexapro on children with major depressive disorders, obsessive compulsive disorder, and psychiatric disorders, Twice as many of these children experience suicidal thinking, behavior, and attempts as compared to the placebo group. No, no. Okay. So it's right there in black and white. There are a number of parents who began to file lawsuits against Pfizer, who actually is the distributor of of Zoloft, Mm -hmm. after their babies have been born with birth defects. This lawsuit, and there's a particular lawsuit that that I pulled out, showed that Pfizer did not offer adequate warning about the risk of taking Zoloft, and more than 250 Zoloft birth defects are part of this particular lawsuit. Gee. All right. And before maybe I'll share one more thing. Before they get here, before they even right. get here, not only for the mother, the family, but before the babies can even get here. But why is this an issue? How is, it, how is this even possible? Because it's affecting not, your yeah. hormones. Yeah. It's affecting your hormones. That's the yeah. bottom line. Mm-hmm. So we can go on and on with the studies demonstrating the negative kickback or the negative effects that have been seen over and over again. And we can pay attention also to the people who are getting relief, but we need to understand that this is not addressing the issue at its core level. And oftentimes individuals do experience some relief for a phase, but how many people know somebody who's on an antidepressant, but they're still depressed? Right. And to what cost? And to what cost? Exactly. What is it doing to your internal organs? Mm -hmm. What is it doing to your brain and your hormones? And your future. So my question is, how are these companies able to market this way. And the product Zoloft, for example, they were able to have commercials stating this. While the cause is unknown, depression may be related to an imbalance of natural chemicals between nerve cells in the brain. Prescription Zoloft works to correct this imbalance. You just shouldn't have to feel this way anymore. Now, there was an essay that was published in a particular medical journal, and it criticized these advertisements for their reliance on the, quote, serotonin imbalance. And this was a theory. This is the thing. It was a theory. So when asked to comment, the FDA answered that we use these reductionist statements as an acceptable way to explain the neurochemistry of depression to the, quote, fraction of the public that functions at no higher than a sixth grade reading level. All right. So they are blatantly saying that we're going to be talking to people like they're not smart enough. So we're going to 
oversimplify and basically make something up that's not true to get you to take this drug because it could help you. And now, then have the nerve to say for a, the fraction of, but you're communicating that to all of us. Here's, here's what's really going on. There has never been, never, there's never been a single study in humans that validate the theory of low serotonin and depression. Mm. All right. There, that's, that's just how it is. Low levels are found in the minority of patients mm. who experience depression. It's just this particular theory, but it's been really driven into our culture and, and we believe this. So at the core of this, we don't need to be looking at one particular mechanism for, for health, for mental health being serotonin. It's just not true. Mm -hmm. Depression is a multifaceted condition that really requires a multifaceted approach to treat it. So that's what we're going to be diving into today. We're going to be talking about the very specific domains that we need to address to make sure that you're a healthy, happy human being. If any of these things are lacking, we can really look to a potential trigger for depression within these things. And mm -hmm. you're going to find out why. But also, this is going to be some of the good stuff. You know, we're going to be providing some of the most powerful, clinically proven treatments that you can add to the mix. Again, because it's multifaceted, you've got to take care of all of these things so that you feel good on all levels. Great. So we're going to start with the nutrition, mm -hmm. right? And now when we mm -hmm. talked about it before, about the definition of depression, it was very similar to what this thing does, which everything that you eat affects the way you think, affects the way you feel. And it affects the way that you behave. Because. And every it, single thing. It's information. It's a, impacting every single cell in your body. Like mm -hmm. you said, food is not just food, it's information. Mm -hmm. And your body is like the hardware, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And the software that you install is the food that you put into it. There you go. Okay. Mm -hmm. This is really how we operate. <laughs> or the virus. <laughs> right. And people can, can think about, for example, you know, I'm consuming a drug, right? Mm -hmm. And that's going to do something. It's where is it going into? It's going into your mouth, yeah. right? Everything you put into your mouth is going to have a profound function or profound uh, experience that you're going to receive from that, you know, but it's, it's different levels that we actually consciously experience it, mm -hmm. you know, whether it's a donut or a banana, right. it's going to have an impact. So knowing this and knowing that everything we eat affects everything at a cellular level and influences our neurotransmitters and our hormones, similar to the mechanism that we're looking at with drugs. We need to really address this and make sure that we understand that you don't just eat something. It actually changes you. There was a nine-month study published in the Public Health Nutrition Journal. And this study found that individuals who regularly consume fast food were 51% more likely to develop depression. Oh, boy. And one of the doctors involved in the study stated that even eating small quantities is linked to significantly higher chance of developing depression, which is just crazy. It's like... So driving to McDonald's, like going through the drive-through is going to mm -hmm. end up in me being more depressed. Right. It's discouraging. You know, so, it's so much for that happy meal, huh? For your kids. Happy meal. Isn't right. that funny? Not so happy meal. Maybe exactly. that's why to counteract, you know, exactly. when you don't realize, gee, they're still sad. <laughs> but here's the toy. Right. Now, I want to talk about what we're actually getting from the fast food that can make this happen. What we're looking at with fast food predominantly is processed carb-rich foods, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And carbohydrates actually give us an instant lift because they trigger the release of serotonin. Right. According to this profound belief that serotonin is the main trigger, this is what the data is showing. Mm -hmm. now, now, I'm not saying that serotonin does not play a huge role in this. Right, but it's not all. It's not all. Yeah. So carbohydrates can trigger an instant lift in serotonin in your, in your body, in your physiology. Mm -hmm. But it's a quick fix and it leads to consequences, which is a huge letdown. Mm -hmm. Okay, just like getting that spike and then you crash. And we had on the amazing Alex Jameson for an episode who was in the movie Supersize Me and showing that right around mealtime mm -hmm. when her then boyfriend would eat this fast food, he would be just overjoyed. Mm -hmm. You know, he'd be joyous, happy, and then he would crash. Mm -hmm. He would have this huge depression takeover and it became this vicious cycle that it was is. pretty difficult for them to break out of. Mm -hmm. And this was coming solely from the food that he was eating. Okay. Absolutely. Because here's the deal. What, when we're talking about serotonin, let's just go ahead and clear this up. The vast majority of your serotonin is actually produced in your gut. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's where the whole party is going on. So when you're eating foods that can actually damage your gut integrity, right. you're eating fake foods. Right. What, what do you think is going to happen with your serotonin production? Well, and then we're going to turn and we're going to take a drug. Mm -hmm. to a serotonin reuptake inhibitor 
so we can keep more serotonin in our system longer, we're not even producing it in the first place. I totally see this as that party analogy. So the guys that come over and they wreck all the stuff and (laughs) get stuff in the pool and it's like, oh man, you ruined the party. Breaking guitars. Yeah. Where'd you get a guitar? You don't play guitar. Right. How'd you break a guitar in here? Who's in the pool? (laughs) (laughs) With their clothes on, of course. Right, right. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Uh, (laughs) Now now let's go ahead and, and dive in a little bit deeper and let's talk about food and mood. All right. Protein. Protein, which we mentioned a little bit earlier talking about, you know, the hemp force protein, Proteins contain tryptophan, Mm -hmm. and this is a large amino acid that converts to serotonin in the brain. So the root is tryptophan, and tryptophan works best actually when it's consumed in conjunction with small bits of carbohydrate. Mm -hmm. So this is a good heads up to everybody that, you know, great sources of tryptophan are going to be, yes, the turkey, but Thanksgiving is not about the turkeys giving you that itis. No, You know know what the itis is, right? Yeah. yeah. When you go into that food coma. Right. Right. Because all of a sudden your body starts shutting down. You kind of ease over to the couch. And the itis sets in. And it does. You might might play some Madden. You might watch football. Right. You probably take a nappy. It won't take long. But so it's not... It's not the protein, all right? Uh It's the vast craziness of all the other stuff. It's just like, it's Thanksgiving, so I'm going to hurt myself. Right. You know, it's an open invitation. That's love. But yes, (laughs) (laughs) and I love that love. I love that love. So tryptophan source is going to be turkey, fish, chicken, nuts, eggs. There's so many different wonderful sources of tryptophan. And these proteins tend to work better with a little bit of carbohydrate. And this is where we're going to be looking to Healthy organic fruits would be a good source of carbohydrates. Vegetables, obviously, they're carbohydrate-based foods. And maybe some starchy sweet potatoes, you know, some starchy vegetables like sweet potatoes, carrots. Those things work in conjunction really well to help your body to convert this tryptophan over into serotonin. Great. Now, you'll notice that I did not say bread. I did not say to use that carbohydrate. (laughs) You know, I did not say to use grains. And this is because Mm -hmm. a randomized clinical trial published in the journal Elementary Pharmacology and Therapeutics stated that gluten may cause depression in subjects with non-celiac gluten sensitivity. So that's basically people who do not have celiac, Mm -hmm. okay? Because immediately you'd be like, well, probably causes depression in people with celiac. Mm -hmm. No, they're talking about everybody else, right? Yeah. And so this study was really fascinating. And for me, I was looking at what are the potential components there mm-hmm. you know well what we are dealing with here is addiction and depression they tend to go hand in hand as well you have that addiction and it kind of brings you up and then you crash mm-hmm. all right and there's something in gluten called gluteomorphines okay gluteomorphines actually interact with the opiate receptors in your brain mm-hmm. okay so i'm talking like opium right right very very difficult thing for people to get off of basically you know you hear the stories like the opium dens and people just kind of check out, you know, yeah. they get hooked on that stuff and it's a lifetime thing That's and they're going to be leaving here early. Mm. Gluteomorphines, and even in the word morphine, right, right. you know, it helps to suppress that pain, mm-hmm. makes you feel good. Mm-hmm. While you you're know? dying. And <laughs> there are several other studies showing that these gluteomorphines have this correlation with depression. But that's not all when we're talking about grains and, and the things that have been promoted to our culture as being the, the basis of what mm-hmm. we should be eating, mm-hmm. our food pyramid. We get 7 to 11 healthy whole grains in our diet. There's another compound called lectins. Okay, These are anti-nutrients. These are compounds that can actually tear away and tear into your gut lining Okay, and your small intestine. And they can allow for foreign compounds to get into your bloodstream. Now, there's also an, an inflammatory component to depression. You know, there are many studies that are showing now that it's related to inflammation of the brain. Mm, okay. Wow. And also an autoimmune component. And what's causing this autoimmune component? Well, it's probably the food that we're eating. People are literally looking at that study with 51% of people who eat fast food mm-hmm. are depressed. Okay. That's showing that we're literally eating the problem. We're, we're eating, eating depression. depression. Yeah. You know, we're causing all of this inherent gut damage, which that doesn't mean your stomach hurts. Your brain could hurt. Yeah. Your feelings could be hurt. That's right. You know, and depending on your autoimmune predisposition. So for me, it was bone degeneration. Mm -hmm. That's what I was dealing with when I was 20 years old. Yeah. You know, for other individuals, it could be cancer. It could be arthritis. Rheumatoid arthritis could be Hashimoto's. It just depends on what your genetic weakness is. But consuming these fake foods are going to Mm -hmm. trigger that. Mm -hmm. And create uh, a vicious cycle because they create a more toxic environment to where you can't even fight back from it. Exactly. Yeah. 
So I actually want to talk a little bit about that inflammation of the brain because there's something also found in wheat Mm -hmm. called WGA, wheat germ alglutinin. Okay. And this can actually pass through the blood brain barrier and may attach itself to the protective coating on your nerves known as the myelin sheath. Mm -mm. And this is capable of inhibiting your nerve growth factor, which is important for your growth and maintenance. It's also important for the survival of your neurons, you know. And what does this all really result in is inflammation of the brain. Mm. Okay. So it's not just a simple piece of toast. Right. And it depends on your genetic disposition, whether it's going to affect you a lot Mm -hmm. or not. Mm -hmm. So this is all these things to consider. It's not just a simple piece of toast. I get that. So is there a way to determine what my genetic disposition desires or works great with? Uh, Beyond a general, but something specifically for me. Absolutely. There are many, you know, metabolic typing quizzes. And we had Dr. Sarah Godfrey on the show, Mm -hmm. The Hormone Cure. And looking at doing an introspection, oftentimes we don't know what's good for us because we're not paying attention to our own bodies. Mm -hmm. You know, we're so external and we're not. And oftentimes we also don't understand the relationship to the food that we're eating is causing the problem. You know, a lot of people are looking for more energy, but they're thinking that I need to take a new supplement. You know, I need to take another vitamin or something like that is going to give me this energy. Right. When in actuality, it's really the basis of the food that they're eating, mm. the sleep that they're getting and the exercise that they're probably not doing or doing too much of. Say it right. You know, I recall. So mm-hmm. that's what it really boils down to is paying attention to your body, because after you eat a food, if it doesn't resonate with you, you're going to get symptoms. Mm-hmm. You'll know it. But of some kind. How connected are you to your body? Because depression is one of those conditions where people it forces you to get into your body. But oftentimes we get stuck there. You know, and we think that there's something wrong with us when there might have been something wrong with the behavior that we were doing. There you go. All right. So let's move on a little bit. I want to talk about how depression is looked at in many ways biochemically. And one of those ways is through the depletion of a neurotransmitter called norepinephrine. Okay. So I'm going to take you through the chain of chemical events that produce norepinephrine. And this is, again, this is another powerful theory that's likely one of the big contributing factors, one of the underlying causes. So the chain of events that produce norepinephrine goes like this. L-phenylalanine, L-tyrosine, dopamine, epinephrine, then norepinephrine. So your body goes through this natural process to make sure that your neurotransmitters and your hormones are are operating at optimal level. Now, the root of that is L-phenylalanine, and this is abundant in all of our diets from protein foods. The issue happens with the conversion to L-tyrosine, which happens in our liver. Again, this goes back to your liver which can be inhibited big time when there's a short supply of an essential vitamin Mm -hmm. called vitamin C, okay? Mm. Your your body requires vitamin C to convert L-phenylalanine into L-tyrosine, which helps your body to have this process and helps you to eventually feel not depressed. Right, get to that high level that you mentioned is the Mm -hmm. end of the line there. So a vitamin C, and here's the thing, clinical studies have shown that high doses of vitamin C have been effective for reversing symptoms of depression. Well, there you there go. You go. There you go. So, Would you look at that? What we want to do is look at the top botanical sources first. So for us would be, number one, camu camu berry. That's Which right. has been ranked as the number two botanical in the world for reversing depression. The most dense source of vitamin C of any plant that we've ever discovered as human beings. That's so awesome. Camu camu be number one. Then there's one in the Ayurvedic system called amla berry. Mm-hmm. A-M-L-A. Amla. I like saying amla. that one. I like then saying camu camu. Camu Camu. It's like it's two times the Camu. It's like there's certain words that just so feel tough. good to say. I'm like Camu, like, Camu. Like fluffy. <laughs> That's okay. Say fluffy, you know. It I just, love saying fluffy. You know. All right, so. It's so fluffy. <laughs> <laughs> Amla Berry. Uh, then Acerola. <laughs> uh, Amla Berry. Amla Berry. Then Acerola Cherry would be another option Acerola there. Acerola Cherry. Okay. Now let's talk about dopamine-related depression. I would want people, if they're diagnosed with a dopamine-related depression and there's actually some kind of blood work, brain scan, or something to back this up, mm-hmm. and this is your issue, you want to take a look at something called Macuna purines. Okay, This is a tropical legume known as also, a.k.a. velvet bean. All right? What is that? Velvet? V- velvet? Is that velvet? <laughs> velvet bean, and this contains L-dopa which is a precursor to the neurotransmitter dopamine. I like saving, saying velvet. Too. Velvet? Yes. Hey, I know it's right in there. Fluffy. Velvet. 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 <laughs> and this velvet bean. So macuna purines. This might be something of interest to you if it's a dopamine-related depression. And by the way, I mentioned the fact that if there was some kind of blood work to back this up, a brain scan, because 
the field of psychiatry has this unique ability to prescribe medication based off of a conversation. No, oh, yeah. Okay. This is not actually looking at, is there actually some kind of derangement going on with this person's hormones? Mm -hmm. Dr. Sarah Gottfried said that the majority of people with high cortisol were experiencing depression as well. It's heavily related to that. Are we looking at the person's cortisol levels? Have you actually checked into that? Mm -mm. Or is the person telling you some stories or giving you some, some, some verbal data and you're saying, okay, you just need this drug. Mm -hmm. Okay. I feel that it's very unethical to base our science off of that. Mm -hmm. You know, I, the field of psychiatry, there's wonderful, I mean, so many wonderful psychiatrists and I've had the pleasure of interacting and meeting many of them who understand that we need to talk about the underlying cause of these things first and foremost and not just pass out medications. But sometimes they can be in the minority, you know, because there's a big vested interest and it's an easy out for people because oftentimes the, even the, the psychiatrists that, and, and the doctors as well, that are prescribing this medication, they just want to help the person to get out of pain. Sure. You know, and oftentimes they're not trusting the individual that they can handle this without hurting themselves, for mm -hmm. example. Mm -hmm. So what would you do? You right. know, if you're in this position, you're a good person, you're going to prescribe the medication. Mm -hmm. But what it really takes is, you know, the, the, the root of the word doctor is teacher. Mm -hmm. What it really takes is that time to help the person to uncover and, and go in with them and search and find and pull out the real underlying cause of this issue so that they can be free. That's right. You know, so they're not dependent on some synthetic thing that was just made up, you know, a few years ago and they can be a happy sovereign individual. That's what our, our medical profession is, is switching to now. You know, it's I happening so. now. I hope so. And, and information like this and shows like this and all these amazing podcasts are a huge driving force of this. And this is why I appreciate everybody so much for sharing the show and consuming this information and doing something with it in your own life. Yeah. Because that, you know, the, is worth so much when people can actually see the transformation, you know, that speaks volumes even more so than, you know, reading a book, mm -hmm. you know, when they see you've got it, it's, it's attractive, you know, and it makes people want to, to find out more. So thank you everybody so much again. Now let's talk about really quickly, uh, some, some supplements that we can throw in the mix here real, really quick. There's two large studies, one sponsored by the national center for complementary and alternative medicine found that a large yellow flower known as St. John's wort, was helpful for treating mild forms of depression. And it also, by the way, in the study, it was not effective for chronic depression, for okay. the more chronic levels of depression. Mm -hmm. But for mild forms of depression, it was found to be very, very effective. Also, take a look at rhodiola, something that's been used for thousands of years. It's got more of a resonance with the human body. You know, it's something natural that your body can recognize, okay? And there's tremendous scientific studies backing this up. And what we're looking at here is rhodiola root extract, improving the activities of dopamine and serotonin in the brain by blocking the enzymatic breakdown of these brain chemicals. And it's a particular, some oxidases that are in there, you know, some little fancy words, but <laughs> that's what is the underlying thing that makes it happen. But all you need to know is check out rhodiola right. because it just might be the bee's knees for you. Okay. Now let's talk about something that is critical for everybody. Published in the American Journal of Psychiatry. This was confirmed. The lower the level of EPA in the system, the more severe the depression. Numerous studies show that people with depression have lower levels of omega-3s in their system. We're talking about EPA and DHA in particular. So EPA is one of the critical omega-3 fatty acids. And these are the more anti-inflammatory fatty acids, okay? Where the omega-6s are the more pro-inflammatory fatty acids. Now, again, these words become very dogmatic and get a lot of tension behind them, but we need both. It's just like the yin and the yang. It's not that pro-inflammatory is bad. That actually makes stuff happen. Okay. It makes reactions happen in your body, but it's when it gets out of balance that the whole problem can happen. This is why we need these anti-inflammatory omega-3s. And in our diet, and this should be coming primarily from your food source. Okay. So in our diet, historically, we'd be getting about a two to one ratio of omega-6 to omega-3 respectively. Mm -hmm. Two to one. Right. Now, what the research is showing that individuals on a daily basis are taking in about 20 to 1. Oh my goodness. Up to even 50 to 1 or higher That's of omega-6 to omega-3. That's way So off. far out of balance way where we off. lead to chronic inflammation. Chronic inflammation. And now, so how is this happening? Well, one of the big culprits is vegetable oils. I'm not talking broccoli oil. I've never seen that. <laughs> Brussels sprout oil, kale oil. Nice. I'm talking about canola oil which mm -hmm. is a rape seed okay canola 
It's a genetically engineered, genetically modified plant. Uh, very, very high in omega-6. Corn oil, soy oil. These things are marketed as vegetable oil because it sounds healthy. And it's kind of shocking that people still don't know about this. There are a lot of people listening right now that are just like, of course. Right. Don't mess with that stuff. Yeah. But there's still a lot of people who don't know. So this is, again, why it's, it's important for you to help to spread the word. Mm-hmm. And we covered all this in detail in the episode, Eight Foods to Avoid, right? At we, all we did that costs. show way back in the day, right? At all costs. That's right, that's right. And really dove in on the other negative potential effects of consuming these oils. So mm-hmm. avoid the vegetable oils, shift over, use saturated fats that are more stable in cooking and in storage, mm-hmm. okay? Because those vegetables are already oxidized and rancid right. when you buy them, right. okay? It's the nature of taking them out of their particular container, mm-hmm. their plant container. Whereas coconut oil Good stuff. is very, very stable. Ghee, grass-fed butter, okay? Those things that have been marketed that they're not good for you are actually incredibly good for you. Mm-hmm. So I also put in the show notes, I did a great article that about saturated fat mm-hmm. and why you need to eat more saturated fat. Mm-hmm. And it was a really, really popular article and it'll address everything there if you've got any fear. Mm-hmm. Because I know I did. When I first ate coconut oil, I was like, I'm going to die. I know I'm going to die. I know I know this is going to kill me. <laughs> this is straight saturated a, fat. Right. Now you've got a beautiful fat brain. <laughs> <laughs> right. Got leaner, healthier, mm-hmm. everything improved mm-hmm. by consuming these healthy saturated fats. So that's one way we're getting these omega-6 oils in a dense way into our into our population. The other way that these omega-6 oils are really penetrating our culture and, and making their way into our bodies, even unknowingly oftentimes, is because we're eating factory farmed raised meats okay factory farm raised animal products and it's again it's not you are what you eat it's you are what you eat ate Mm -hmm. and we're feeding our cows for example unnatural diets they're eating soy Mm -hmm. grain Mm -hmm. corn Corn, fed beef corn cows i triple checked right they've got hooves Mm -hmm. right they do they can't shuck corn (laughs) they're not going to be able to get that corn out of there it's not a natural cow food Uh so when you feed an animal their unnatural diet they're going to become sick and we're consuming those tissues and what the data shows is that the omega-6 omega-3 ratio in our meats has drastically changed from the grass-fed meats that we evolved eating so with that said we want to avoid the factory farm raised meats okay shift over and eat things that are grown eating a natural diet mm-hmm. okay it's you are what you eat ate or you're going to be unknowingly pulling these omega-6s into your body right what we want to do here to address this issue with the omega-3s is add in potentially some fish oil because this is where the omega-3 studies are all based. I'm just going off of what the studies say. Mm -hmm. There are so many other wonderful sources of omega-3s with chia seeds and things of that nature, but we really want to look at what does the study, the the research actually show, and it's usually based off fish oil. So the British Journal of Psychiatry showed that supplementation with fish oil reduced suicidal tendencies versus a placebo. And this was a study done over a three-month period. How wonderful. All right. Now we can look at, okay, there's fish oil, but if there's a, a efficacy issue there, or you might have some fear behind that, which a lot of it is unjustified, but we can look at something like krill oil, okay, which is like a microscopic shrimp. This is like what, what whales eat, you know? <laughs> so this is like a very, very profound source of, source of nutrition and when you see it, it's actually red because it's very high in astaxanthin. And that compound, the antioxidant, keeps it stable. It keeps it from oxidizing. So you actually get all the omega-3s. So it might even be a higher quality source of omega-3s to look to mm-hmm. than fish oil. And onit.com, so at onit.com forward slash model, they actually have an amazing krill oil product. Oh, cool. That could be something that you can add to the mix. And again, this is not a cure. It's a multifaceted approach. It's something to add to the mix that can sure up a potential deficiency that could be causing you problems. Plus eat healthier animal foods. So especially fish. We know that the fatty fish mm-hmm. are, is where we're going to find those omega-3s from. A lot of people know that. So the salmon, the, the, the sardines, the mackerel, those are going to be good sources. Plus the butter and ghee and the coconut oil for cooking. That would lead to the healthy plant fats, which would be the coconut oil, avocados, mm-hmm. right? Walnuts, et cetera, et cetera. Those are going to be some great sources of essential fatty acids. So now I want to share with you guys four foods that combat depression and increase the feel-good hormones. Number one, chocolate. Chocolate, chocolate. 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 Better known historically as cacao, mm-hmm. C-A-C-A-O. And I did a TED Talk back in the day. That was a good one. TEDx Sin City, 
called How Chocolate Can Save the World. Mm-hmm. I think it's probably about five years ago now. And really brought into the fold and talked about the history of chocolate and also all of the amazing features that this has as far as it even being something that can combat depression. So here's just a real brief summation. So we've got tryptophan, mm-hmm. serotonin, anandamide. Anandamide is, ananda means bliss. This is the bliss chemical, all right? Phenethylenes. So these are chemicals that are flowing through your body when you're in love. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is something mm-hmm. we can naturally produce, but chocolate does that. This is why people love chocolate. That's right. It's affiliated with love. Mm-hmm. Valentine's Day, heart-shaped chocolate, baby. <laughs> you know, the whole thing, it has a root, you know, and it's very, very dense source of other important minerals and trace minerals like magnesium, all these things that help to make you feel calm Wonderful. and make you feel good. This is why chocolate can be something to add to the mix for yourself, but you want to get the good stuff. Cacao. So that's number one. Number two is oily fish. Okay, we talked about this already. The salmon, sardines, mackerel, trout. Or we can look at the omega-3s from plant sources as well. I like to say and or in this case. So mm-hmm. the, the the chia, the, the flax, walnuts. And that actually leads me to the specific one, number three, which is cashews. That's one specific to look at. Yes, cash in on the cashews. What the research shows is that several handfuls of cashews provide 1,000 to 2,000 milligrams of tryptophan, which work as well as prescription antidepressants, according to Dr. Andrew Saul. Wow. And what we know in biochemistry is that the body turns tryptophan into serotonin. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's the precursor. There we go. Right, so tryptophan is noted to work just as well as prescription antidepressants. So Say that we're again. We're looking at what, what the data shows that 3.5 ounces of raw cashews, the raw cashews, not the roasted, mm-hmm. toasted, mm-hmm. Uh, fricasseed yeah. cashews, raw cashews is going to provide about 470 milligrams of tryptophan and even pumpkin seeds too. I'm going to throw this one in there, 560 milligrams. We'll take okay? it. Pumpkin seeds and cashews versus depression. There you go. There's your headline right there. <laughs> All right, so that's number three. Number four, turmeric. 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 Okay, a recent study entitled Efficacy and Safety of Curcumin, which is the, the most active compound that people are looking for in the turmeric. Efficacy and Safety of Curcumin in Major Depressive Disorder, a randomized controlled trial, looked at three groups of 20 participants with major depression according to a commonly used scale. And they were split up into one group had Prozac, one group had Prozac plus one gram of oil-based curcumin, and the third group had curcumin alone for the course of the study, which was six weeks. The proportion of responders with the greatest improvement was the combination group, which they had a 77.8% improvement in their depressive symptoms. The Prozac group had a 64% improvement, 64.7%. And the curcumin group had a 62.5% improvement. And not okay. bad on curcumin right, on its right own. There, not a bad third. Pretty close. Mm-hmm. Okay. Good showing. And the authors in the study wanted to emphasize that curcumin's very, very dense nutrition and fortification of your anti-inflammatory compounds in your body, your immune system, all these things work very good and very safely up to 12 grams a day. Okay. Mm-hmm. 12 grams mm-hmm. a day. That's quite a bit of curcumin. But how do you get this in? Just... Make some curries, baby. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a great way to get it in. But of course, you can also get supplemental curcumin as well. And this could be a potential tool because that's what we're looking at, spreading out the tools mm-hmm. for helping to fortify the body against depression. To have this multifaceted approach. So that's phase one. Mm-hmm. All right. That's number Nutrition. one. Now, really quickly, we're going to go into some of these other phases, but then we're going to wrap everything up with the most important component of getting to the core of the depression. Okay. So now the next phase is exercise. There we go. Right? Now, there's a study published in the Archives of Internal Medicine, and they divided 156 men and women with depression into three groups. One group took part in an aerobic exercise program, another took the SSRI, Zoloft, and the third did both. At the 16-week mark, depression had eased in all three groups. Well, what do you know? What do you know? About 60% to 70% of the people in all three groups could no longer be classified as having major depression. In fact, groups scored on two rating scales of depression were essentially the same in all the groups. (laughs) This study suggests that for those who need or wish to avoid drugs, exercise might be an acceptable substitute for antidepressants. Awesome. Okay. Now, here's the deal. There's a follow-up study, Mm -hmm. a follow-up study done here. 
and they found that the, the results and the effects from exercise lasted longer well, than don't. those on the antidepressants. Researchers checked with 133 of the original participants six months after the first study. They found that people who exercised regularly after completing the study, regardless of which treatment they had undergone originally, mm -hmm. they were less likely to relapse into depression. That's okay. great. Powerful stuff. Powerful stuff. Very much so. Exercise is medicine. This is a natural way. It stimulates the production of these feel-good hormones, the serotonin, the dopamine. You can produce that stuff, these enkephalines, endorphins, naturally when you get your body moving. This is what the human body is designed to do. But of course, this can be something that's a challenge to get out of, to move. Because depression, the word itself, means stagnation. Mm -hmm, it does. Push down. Okay, And this right. is the opposite when we're talking about movement. And how powerful you are to affect your physiology when you have the courage to move. That's right. And okay. stagnation is just the breeding ground for sickness. Absolutely. So I want to give people some specifics on amounts of time. So a study published in 2005 found that walking fast for about 35 minutes a day, five times a week, or 60 minutes a day, three times a week, had significant influence on mild to moderate depression symptoms. So good. Okay. And by the way, they tested less and they did like 15 minutes a day. And they found that they did not help as much. Okay. So there's your there's your barometer. That's your bar. Yeah. Thirty five minutes a day, five, five times a week, week, or mm -hmm. sixty minutes three times a week. That sounds That's great. That's what the studies show. That's great. Walking briskly. Now let's add in the next phase, mm -hmm. which is while you're out walking, hopefully you'll be able to get some sunlight. Here's why this is important. There's a study published in the Journal of Internal Medicine. Researchers found that there's a direct correlation between the blood levels of vitamin D and the symptoms of depression. The lower the level of vitamin D, the greater their symptoms of depression. Oh okay, right there in black and white. And conversely, when given high doses of vitamin D, the study participants' symptoms improved. There we go. All right, so we can when when you're going to supplement with vitamin D, it's vitamin D three mm -hmm. that you want to oh, go okay. go okay. for. A lot of multivitamins have vitamin D two, not D three. So D three is the one that actually changes your blood levels. However, what did our ancestors do? What is the human body designed to do? Because that's a hormone. Right? Sure. Vitamin D is a hormone. It's not a vitamin. It's a hormone. That comes from the sun. We produce that. We're like walking plants. Yes, we you know? are. It just made me think of uh, Little Shop of Horrors. <laughs> <laughs> Feed me, Seymour. <laughs> right? That's cr so creepy. <laughs> Creep me out as a kid. But so the plant Still that does. can get up and move around. Yeah. So we're, we're sort of like that. Yeah. You know, we don't, we're not. Our roots are not into the earth. So we're doing photosynthesis much like plants do. Yeah. We're converting the cholesterol in our system into vitamin D. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's how it works. And it happens when you are exposed to the rays of the sun. I love it. I like being a jade plant. Okay. So this is another thing that's the antithesis of depression. Like right. sunlight is happy, cheerful, yeah. just in our, in, our, in our psychology. That's what we associate mm -hmm. it with. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we associate depression with darkness rainy cloudy you know and we we've been kind of trained that way but even we can look at those states as something of a blessing you know something of an opportunity you know to allow things to grow to allow things to relax to to, to take some, yeah. some some time to go inward mm -hmm. you know we got to change the association in our mind but i just want to point that out that sunlight is literally like it's difficult to not be more joyous and happy when you're enjoying your time outside, sure. especially when you're in nature. Well, we've come not to appreciate all of the seasons. Yeah. And we, right. because of those association, we miss out on the benefit of all of those seasons of right. how going through those natural cycles that were created by our, our creators and yeah. how we evolved as well, that those things invigorate us too. And you know what else? We we're, wouldn't enjoy the sunshine if we didn't have the rain. We wouldn't have any contrast. Exactly. You know? But you know what's even more so the case here? We're not experiencing any of the seasons really because well, we're indoors it, so say much. It, say it, say it, say it. You know, it. Mm. so we got to get reconnected to life, and to nature. And in all the seasons, there is still sunshine. Every single one. Yeah. The sun's up there. It's there. <laughs> yeah. So this is a really important thing to, to talk about. So that's the next phase with sunlight. So that was number three on these different phases that we're looking at for creating a multifaceted approach to healing and health and natural treatment for depression. The next phase is sleep. Ah, okay. the sweet too little, sleep. Too little or even too much mm -hmm. sleep will inherently disrupt your body's natural hormone cycles. Studies have shown that even partial sleep deprivation, because we're going to focus on sleep deprivation because most people are not getting enough. <laughs> But some people, part of their depression is just to sleep, 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 sleep. Too much, yeah. Okay, and they're throwing off their hormone cycles even more, making it more difficult to come out of that. But most people unknowingly are causing depressive states because they're sleep deprived. So studies have shown that even partial sleep deprivation has significant impact on your mood. 
University of Pennsylvania researchers found that subjects who were limited to only 4.5 hours of sleep a night for one week, just one week, reported feeling more stressed, angry, sad, and mentally exhausted, leading to depression. Yeah. When the subjects resumed normal sleep, they reported a dramatic improvement in their mood. Okay. Now, I'd say this all the time. When you're tired, Mm -hmm. your best friend could look like your worst enemy. (laughs) You know, we know that we become more irritable. Mm -hmm. We become more edgy. We become more stressed. Of course. It's just a natural response of the body, a body that's tired. Right. A body that's designed to operate with appropriate rest. And not only does sleep affect mood, but mood and mental states also affect our sleep. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we create one of these vicious circles or we can tune into a more virtuous circle and start to employ more of the things that we're going to talk about in a minute to get into a good sleep schedule. Great. Okay, so poor sleep quality will also depress your immune function, increase insulin resistance, and disrupt uh, serotonin production. Mm -hmm. Because here's another big, huge takeaway from the day is that serotonin gets converted into melatonin. Wow. All right? That's the sleep hormone. That's Mm -hmm. the get good sleep hormone. So if your serotonin is screwed up from what we talked about earlier, not in in the theory that serotonin is responsible for depression or, or, or deficiency, right. but in the knowing mm-hmm. that serotonin is mostly produced in our gut yes, and that it is affecting our sleep. right? These Which are the facts that we want to look at. Exactly. Yes. So many other aspects. Now we're getting to the root. Mm-hmm. Now that, we're getting yes, to the root. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. And how am I going to take on my day if I'm not adequately equipped? Right. Mm-hmm. What the research shows is that low serotonin levels result in sleep disruption and sleep disorders, including insomnia. And stress is a common, well-known cause for low serotonin levels. Okay, just stress, you know, just day-to-day stress, emotional stress, work stress, relationship stress, Mm -hmm. spiritual stress, feeling disconnected can depress your serotonin levels. And this results in a snowballing effect and a cycle of disrupted sleep, which we already talked about depression, anxiety, and fatigue during the day. And this is all according to psychologist Joseph Carver, all right? Just kind of putting this study together and this data to look at. So now that we understand these different phases, you know, we understand the impact of nutrition and and the studies to back it up and how important this is Mm -hmm. that we address that. Make sure you've got that shirt up first before we look into taking a drug. Make sure that we've got our exercise in order and our movement because your body, what if we did the things our genetics expected us to do? How about that? What if you ate the food that your genes expected you to eat and not a SpaghettiO? Exactly. You know? What if you did the exercise that your body requires your genes expect you to do? You got the sleep that your body required, the other phase, and you got the sunlight, you got the natural light that your body requires. Those four levels, if you're, if you're lacking in any of those places and you're experiencing depression, We've got to look here first Mm -hmm. because this is where you're going to find the root. Well, check out this correlation. You know, the definition of disappointment is unmet expectations. Mm. And disappointment and depression sound pretty equivalently impactful for a person. So if our body is not getting its expectations met, it's disappointed. Yeah. I'm so glad you brought that up because it's really important to understand that a lot of these phases that we've talked about involves other people, mm-hmm. okay? Because, for example, our nutrition. Well. One of the things our society has moved away from is community. Mm-hmm. You know, we've, be- we've become more online communities than offline communities, whereas we evolved having tribes and communities of people, mm-hmm. and we're so isolated now, yeah. you know, which our sleeping would involve other people, our, our nutrition, being outside in nature, And what I want everybody to walk away with is understanding the power of the other feel-good hormones Mm -hmm. that you can enact, you can turn on at any moment that you want to. Oxytocin is one of those. Mm -hmm. This gets released when we feel love, trust, and comfort. And it can be even more powerful than serotonin. Oxytocin is really known as the cuddle hormone, Mm -hmm. you know? That's what it's really about. If you need a lift, for example, remember the power of spending time with your significant other or family members and friends, okay? A lot of individuals dealing with depression, they find that the depression is not there. They're not focused on it when they're around the people they love and mm-hmm. they're just enjoying that. And then when they get back to their isolation, the depression kind of kinds of turns back on. Mm-hmm, that makes sense. You know, and because again, this is very, it's a very isolated, personal experience. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people disrespect that, don't understand that and think that sometimes that it's not even valid, right. but it's very, very real. It's very, very, very real. real. Mm-hmm. And I want today for this to be something that you're no longer dealing with this alone because it, you're not alone. That's right. You know, this is a decision that we make and understanding how powerful we are 
to affect change on our on our own physiology. Mm -hmm. And why I know this so intimately is I want to share a quick story with everybody. My modus operandi, you know, the person that I am today, why this show even exists is because of a, a insight that I got from my grandmother. When I was sitting there sick, depressed, you know, 22 years old, about to take my medication again to knock me out so I can sleep because my pain was so bad. I remembered this woman who raised me until I was five years old, really my early years. And my experience of unconditional love was from my grandmother. Mm -hmm. And I remembered all of, the, all of the belief that she instilled in me, you know, all of the amazing qualities that she saw in me and my potential, mm -hmm. you know, because I had that experience. And that triggered me to finally be like, I am done. I'm done feeling bad. I am done making excuses. I'm no longer going to pass over my health to someone outside of me to t and, and usually telling me that there's nothing I can do about this. Right. Okay. So I made the decision right then to get well when I thought of her mm -hmm. and what she instilled in me. And so my grandmother really had a profound impact on my life. You know, she was my first experience of unconditional love and really stayed with me. It's, it's with me right now. And mm -hmm. I'm so happy to even talk about this. But she lost my grandfather who was like, they were an entity, you know, it was me, mom, and pop, right? So he, this was prior to me really figuring this stuff out, you know? So this was maybe going on eight years ago and he, he had multiple open heart surgeries, you know? He was an amazing guy, just amazing, strong character, like a cowboy figure, you know? <laughs> and he would, you know, he was a hunter and all this stuff, but he also had the things that he was told by his doctor, eat more spreads you know like country crock eat more mm. partially hydrogenated oil right right because you can't eat butter because that will hurt you so eat this substance that's actually one molecule away from being plastic right right hydrogenation is a process for making plastic so we're taking these already rancid oxidized oils and then exposing them to hydrogen creating this spread right so he's eating that stuff jiffy peanut butter with like you know fully hydrogenated oil yeah, in there yeah. and putting that on white bread and having his little snack with some syrup with high fructose you know like that kind of stuff and at the time you know i didn't know i didn't know either you know i was really trying to figure this stuff out and so she she lost him we lost him but for her it was, it was definitely that's why i'm saying she lost him because her identity was tied to him mm -hmm. her value was tied to him mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. she didn't understand or want to look at life without him and so she, she stayed around for a little while. And about a year later, I got married and she, she was there. And my family, the rest of the people there and the, my new family I was marrying into were just like, she's because my grandmother's crying so much. Like she cried for like five hours straight. And I was mm -hmm. like, it's okay. It's okay, me mom. Good. And what it really was looking back on it, she knew that I found what she had, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And so fast forward a little while later, she took her own life. She was so depressed. She was so destroyed from losing my grandfather that she took her own life. Oh, sure. And she did that with the plethora of medications that she had oh, um, prescribed from her doctor. She overdosed. So that was a very, very difficult time, obviously, for me. And, you know, her being my set point. Right. You know, people often ask, and you ask me as well, how did I recover from that right. when my grandmother didn't? You know, because I lost her. Right. And really difficult to talk about when she lost my grandfather it was her perception it was the meaning that she gave it that kept her in depression mm -hmm. you know she felt like she lost love she lost the ability to have that kind of love and for me how i am so joyous and and on my mission right now is that my perception when i lost her was that i'm so thankful mm-hmm I'm so grateful that I had the opportunity to have such a love in my life. And that's really what I want you guys to understand is that it's your perception. Would it's you all apply? about your perception. It's the meaning that you give any instance in your life. It's the meaning that you give it. So what do you choose to focus on? Do you choose to focus on I don't have love or do you choose to focus on I have so much love to give? Mm -hmm. I have or so much I love to give. I have received so much love right. over the course of my life. Yeah. And that you can, I'm so full and yes, rich. Yes. And you can tune into those feelings at any time mm -hmm. and change your biochemistry. Mm -hmm. That's how powerful we are. Because what are we talking about with depression? What is it? It's a feeling. Yeah. And where do your feelings come from? Your focus equals your feeling. What are you focused on? That's what's going to change your feelings. Your feelings don't just happen. They don't just happen. If you are unaware of your ability to adjust your feelings, 
then you may think that they are happening by default. But in reality, you are adjusting your own feelings inherently based on your perception of the external stimuli going on around you. Okay, so let's use falling in love, for example. When you fall in love, oftentimes we, you know, pretty much everybody feels that this person has done this to me. Mm-hmm. I'm in love with this person and they've made me feel this they way. They made me fall in love with them. In actuality, it was your perception of all these different things mm-hmm. about them. What you focused on. And you produce these chemicals within yourself to feel the way that you feel. Mm-hmm. Okay. This mm-hmm. was all within you. Mm-hmm. you know? Come on. And you have Ooh. access to that at any time. Right. But it takes, no one said this was going to be easy. Right. It takes courage. You know, it takes a courageous heart and a willingness that I know that every single person listening to this has Mm -hmm. to take control and understand that I am not a machine. I'm not something, somebody that's just going to be in reaction for my entire life. I'm going to be in response. I'm going to be paying attention to all of the triggers and environmental stimuli and and feed into the things that make me truly happy. That's right. Okay. Because there's negative things. Like if you want to be, feel sad, there's something negative to 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 focus on. Right. Right. Anytime. There always (laughs) will be. But where do you put your focus? And it's not about ignoring the negative things. Mm-hmm. It's where do you live? Right. Where do you live? And, and making the decision to live from a place of happiness, compassion, appreciation. Yes. Can really help to shift the way that you see things. That reminds me of a time we went to the park, me and the children, and we were getting out of the car. And there was a, another car next to us. And as we were passing, we noticed that in the grate in the front was a little bird mm. that had gotten trapped in there and obviously died. Wow. And the children were mortified. <gasps> oh, my gosh. And I was trying to help them with that moment. Like, how else could you look at this? Right. You know, and so we were able to take that as, wow, maybe he was a little more adventurous or he died flying, you know, mm. when this this car came up and, and, and trapped him or whatever the case was. But... You know, I couldn't figure out how to apply the appropriate caption to that for them so it wouldn't be so mortifying. Right. And my little boy said, but he's a bird. He Mm. was just happy being a bird. Wow. (laughs) Wow. That is so powerful to hear something like that because he is seeing clearly, Mm -hmm. you know, he hasn't been suppressed by society. He can just see the inherent happiness underlying it all. Right. You know, that there was joy there. You Look know, what a bird can do. Right. And he, he had, that was his focus. Yeah. You know, when you can easily focus on something else and we all have that ability and that's really what I want to shift your focus to. Yeah. Okay. So, but I want to, I want to also make something clear is that depression also serves a purpose. It's actually profound because we all experience depression mm-hmm. at one time or another. So I want people to ask themselves, you know, if you're in depression right now, how has the depression served you? Because it's there, it's fulfilling some kind of a need for you. It's there to serve. It's been meeting one or many of your needs. So we can ask things like, do you feel like the depression has protected you in some way? Has it made you pay more attention to yourself? Mm -hmm. Has it enabled you to talk about your feelings? About that. Has it caused you to take a good hard look at your life and see the things that are out of balance? Okay. So ask, how has the depression served you? And understand that. It was there to serve you for one season. Sure. Now we're going to move on to the next season. And it was never there and should never be to create you to be its servant. I want to share something from Dr. Paul Kedwell. He's a leading psychiatrist and expert on mood disorders at the Institute of Psychiatry. He stated that depression is not a human defect at all, but a defense mechanism that in its mild and moderate forms can force a healthy reassessment of personal circumstances. I love that. So don't beat yourself up about depression. Don't beat yourself up about being depressed. In most cases, it will run its course, provided you take yourself out of the situation that caused it. There you go. Now from this, he's alluding to depression can actually serve a huge purpose for us, deepening and enriching the human experience. Mm -hmm. By overcoming challenging times in our lives, we can actually become stronger. And this is evolutionarily speaking. You know, because depression is really an opportunity. It's an opportunity. We all become depressed at one time or another. It's an opportunity to grow. It's an opportunity to really bring out and manifest the inherent qualities that are in you Mm -hmm. to feel love, to feel happiness, to feel joy. And you've got a wonderful story now about where where you were. And you've got so much in you. You've got so much to give, so much love, so many gifts to share. 
And it's time to stop retaining these things and hiding out and get out there and share these things because I guarantee you, mm-hmm. no matter how depressed you are, you, you are still capable of helping another person. How about that? You know, and shift your focus there. Who can you help? Who can you serve? What can you do to maybe go to a retirement home and bring joy to somebody who hasn't seen a family member right. in years? That's right. Or a humane uh, society or, or a facility for, for animals or even a, a greenhouse. Right. Or know? a children's hospital. Yeah. You know, there are so many individuals who are depressed as well, who are in very, very difficult circumstances, you know, having lost a limb, uh, losing a, a child, losing a, a loved one, mm-hmm. losing a job, you know. And many of these individuals also can be some of the happiest individuals you ever meet with the most amazing stories, mm-hmm. you know, because it's really, again, what are you focused on? Where's right, your focus? Right. All they need is that connection. And also your perspective, you know, because I like how we talked about earlier that contrast, you know, when we look at our life in, in retrospect or we look on, at our life in comparison, better yet, to someone else who's in tremendously difficult circumstances and we're so caught up in our story about why my life is so bad, we can really get a baseline and understanding of how fortunate we really are. And, mm-hmm. and again, focus on those things we do have. That's right. Focus on those things. Focus on the things that you're grateful for. And I promise you, you're going to feel better starting now. Starting. And it really, it really is about yeah. building that muscle so that you are in control predominantly of the way that you feel because that's really at the core of this. Addressing that underlying core issue that's causing the depression. Out, you could take all the supplements you want. You that's could take right. all the amazing food, exercise your behind off, take all the drugs you want and still find yourself depressed if you don't address the underlying cause and shift your, uh, your focus and your attention onto the things that are serving you. That's right. All right. Make so, it servant to you. Everybody, thank you so much for tuning into this episode. We dove in and provide a lot of profound things that can help to, again, it's a multifaceted approach to reversing depression. And this no longer has to be the second leading cause of death, premature death and disability in our world today. We can make a change. We can make a difference. And it really starts with you. It does. Thank you. I appreciate you so much for tuning into the show. Make sure to share this with the people that you care about. And I'll talk with you real soon. And make sure for more after the show, you head over to theshawnstevensonmodel.com. That's where you can find the show notes. And if you got any questions or comments, make sure to let me know. And please head over to iTunes and give us a five-star rating and let everybody know that our show is awesome and you're loving it. And I read all the comments, so please leave me a comment there. And take care, everybody. promise to keep giving you more powerful, empowering, great content to help transform your life. Thanks for tuning in.